The three boxes of the Ark represent the three layers of human expression. Welcome to Jewish Meditation with Rabbi G, and this is Calm Living number four. So we've discussed sort of various methods of introducing more calmness into our daily routine. We've talked about practicing the art of waiting, which in Hebrew, calmness is mitinut lehamtin, to wait, before we respond, before we react. We've talked about choosing our words very carefully, using the right and calming words, breathing exercises, being more mindful, focusing, being more present, all of these different things. But the question, of course, is, how do all of these things help when inside we are not calm? When we feel tense, when we have knots in our stomach? It's all very good to say, use the right words, or to wait. But it almost seems sometimes like, even hypocritical, I'm doing all these things that seem calm, but I am not calm. How am, how am I going to become calmer by using all these strategies? So I want to share with you an idea that comes from this coming week's Shabbat Torah reading, Truma, where the Torah tells the Jewish people to build a tabernacle, to build a sanctuary for God. And the holiest item in that sanctuary was the Aaron Kodesh, the Holy Ark. And in what seems quite a, a cryptic and sort of mysterious sort of command, God commands the Jewish people that when they create the ark to house the tablets, they have to build three boxes, one inside of the other. So a big box, a smaller one, and a smaller one, one in another. And interestingly enough, the outer box and the inner box, in other words, box one and box three, were gold, made out of pure gold. The middle one, which couldn't even really be seen, it was covered by the other two, was wood, made out of wood. What's the secret behind this? And the mystics explain that the three boxes represent the three layers of human expression. We express ourselves through intellect, we think, cognition. Then we have emotions, our feelings, our responses, the way we react to different things around us, the way we react to stimulus, and then behavior. What we do, how we behave. Now, of those three layers, the one that's the most intense is our emotions. The ones that's most part of the human being, where's our personality live, how is our character expressed, through our feelings, through the way we react to the way we express emotion. It also happens to be the one that's hardest to change and the one that's the least stable. You know, if I have ideas, if I have a certain perspective on life, if I think certain things, I can choose what I think. I can choose to look at things from a different perspective. I can be stable in the way I look at life and the way I think things through. Behavior, I can choose to act based on my values. I can choose a behavior even if I'm not in the mood. I can change my behavior. I'm in control of my behavior. My behavior has a certain strength that even when I don't want or I'm not in the mood, I choose the way to behave. Emotions are very different. Emotions are erratic. Emotions change from one day to another. And emotions are so hard to change. If I don't like someone, it's very hard to say I like them. If I get angry with someone, it's very hard to say, well, I choose to get angry and I don't want to get angry. 
If I'm jealous, I'm jealous. We're all born with certain personality weaknesses. And some of them are affected by experiences in our life, but they're the hardest to change, they're the most intense and the hardest to change. So the mystics tell us that's why the outer box and the inner box was gold. The middle box was wood. Wood, unless it's really treated, wood is not permanent. Wood decays and rots. Wood can easily be broken. Gold is a metal. A metal represents certain strength. So the personality of the person is expressed in the weakest part of who we are. The emotion. Yet, on the other side of emotion is intellect, cognition, and behavior. Those are sort of what I choose to do or how I choose to think, but they're the much stronger ones. And therefore they tell us that if we want to change emotion, it's very hard to change emotions itself, but we can change emotion from either side. Intellectually, we can decide to reframe things. We can think about why I'm reacting to something. We can think about why am I angry with that person. Maybe I misunderstood what they did. Maybe I misjudged another person. Why am I jealous? Perhaps it's, a, it's due to a lack of faith in God that everything and everyone has what they need and that we're given our lot in life to make the best of it and to fill it with purpose and meaning. So there's a lot of reframing and thinking and intellectualizing that can steer and guide and inspire and perhaps modify our emotional response. But the same is true with action. We have the famous idea um, quoted in a book called Sefer Achinuch, but quoted in many places in Jewish thought. That Hamaaseh Ha'adam nif'al ulatav. A person is affected by the action. When we dance at a wedding, even if we're not particularly in a good mood, our mood changes. When we do things, even when we don't want to do it, it changes. Our mood changes. Our emotions change. And therefore, we should never think, I'm being hypocritical. We should never stop by being kind to someone, even when we can't stand them. We should never stop by being pleasant with someone else or showing empathy to someone else, even though inside we don't feel that way. It's not contradictory at all. It's not hypocritical at all. Because deep down, that's what we want to do, but the emotions are very hard to change. But if we act a certain way, we start to be that way. So therefore, calmness is no exception. By acting calm, by doing engaging in behaviors of calmness by breathing, by meditating, by waiting, by measuring our speech, by using the right words, by thinking about and managing our stress with the right intellectual perspectives from the two sides of our emotion, our emotions actually begin to change. And therefore all of these strategies are extremely important. Some of them are intellectual, some of them are behavioral. But they influence our emotional state and they introduce calmness into our routine. So talking about engaging in behaviors of calmness, let's just spend a few minutes, as is always a good thing to do every day, to spend a few minutes practicing being calm and being present. So put yourself in a relaxed state, calm state, without distractions around you, and just become conscious and focus. As you relax, turn your attention to your breathing. And as we always do, just for a few moments, become aware of your rhythm of breath. 
you wonder just gently and not judgmentally bring your attention back to each breath each inhalation and exhalation breathe a bit deeper exhale a bit slower and tap into the calmness of that rhythm As you tap into that rhythm of breathing, try to feel the sensation of calmness that is coming into you. Calmness coming from presence, from awareness, from the calm rhythm of breathing. Just continue on for a few moments and just feel that feeling of calmness. As you continue to breathe and pay attention, remember your nishama, the soul expressed in your nishima and your breath, the foundation of purity, of calmness, of spirituality, of divineness that we all have deep down. Remember the soul has five layers. Three of them are conscious, our intellect, our emotion, our behavior. Think about those three layers and then tap into the transcendent. Fourth and fifth layer, the subconscious and the inner purity. In our mind, we think about the purity of the soul using our intellect, cognition. We think about our intrinsic self-worth, our deep connection with God that lives in the core of our soul. We think about being in God's hands of everything happening with meaning and purpose being part of the greater plan, not alone, not isolated. We resolve to engage in behavior of meaning, behavior of calmness, to measure our words, to wait before we respond. Try to feel that sense of calmness, of waiting, of being measured. The golden boxes of intellect and behavior. Inspiring and guiding and changing our emotional well-being.
thinking calm, behaving calm, so we become calm. Return to your breathing. Feel that calmness, that awareness. Tap into a tool of calm living. That's an exercise which we can do every day. And as we've talked about before, whenever we feel unsettled, we can just behave calmly. Breathe in, breathe out for a few moments. Connect to your soul, connect to your purity, your inner self. And bring about true calmness in an emotional way, through thinking and through behaving. Have a wonderful day, everyone, and a great week.